Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get the evening started. So, we have here with us today uh, Robert J. Peterson. He's a writer, web developer, living in L.A. Uh, he co-hosts the podcast Make It So and Hiram's Lodge. He's appeared as a pop culture guru on the web talk shows Comics on Comics, the fan base Press Week in Review, Collider Heroes, uh, Screen Junkies, TV Fights, and Fandom Planet. But more importantly, he's the founder of California Cold Blood Books and our... Author of the evening, uh, Drew Min, is a former digital advertising executive in L.A. with first-hand knowledge of our current social media revolution. He's lived in Barcelona and Paris, where he worked as a freelance writer, ghostwriter, and digital consultant. Uh, he's had fiction published in 3AM Magazine, Word Riot, Litro Magazine, and other publications. Uh, he also wrote a fictional crime column for weekly newspapers in Spain, and he is the author of the novel Neon Empire. Please welcome Robert J. Peterson and Drew Min. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Uh, can everyone hear me? Hi. Um, well, um, as you heard, I'm Robert J. Peterson. Uh, I am uh, the founder of California Cold Blood Books, and uh, we're going to do a little conversation with me and Drew Min. Um, uh, Drew, how's it going, man? Go Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, same here. I, uh, I just want to be uh, mindful of people who uh, have hearing difficulties. Um, so Hello? Okay. Hello? Wow, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yes. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Skylight's I'm already not, regretting hosting it. I'm yeah. not really used to these things, so uh, I might spit in it or something. Well, uh, let's get started with... Uh, uh, with a conversation here, and uh, let me just start. Uh, so, Drew, um, uh, my goal with the sort of opening here is to embarrass the hell out of you. Uh, so, I, I, I just want to say that that um, I I love writing, and I love books, and uh, I love your book. I love it. It is so good. Um, I, I remember like reading it for the first time. Uh, you are such an accomplished writer. It is such an accomplished work. And, and for what it's worth, like I, I love, I love novels. I love the form of the novel. And like, there's a uh, there's a particular kind of really special symmetry to a novel that, like, when you like when you uh, when you look at it, when you perceive it from afar, there's like a certain uh, shape and like special grandeur to it. And and Drew really gets that. And Neon Empire, uh, it is such a good book. And um, uh, I just want to uh, heap uh, just untold praise on your shoulders. You, you, are, you are so talented, and you deserve every success that comes from this book or any uh, you know, book that you write from here on out. Uh, I, I just want you to know that. Like, I, I, just, uh, am, uh, I, I say this about all my authors here at California Cold Blood. I am just in awe of their talent and, uh, and, and yours, uh, including and especially. And uh, to that end, uh, I wanted to talk about... Uh, uh, something at California Cold Blood, uh, for me at least, is that for every book that I've acquired at California Cold Blood as an editor, there's always been kind of a threshold moment for me reading the book. Like, like all the books that I've liked, but there's always been kind of a moment where like, I get to a certain scene and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to make an offer on this book. 
like unless the author completely like bungles it from here on out, like I'm gonna make an offer on this book. And for Neon Empire, um, uh, it, uh, it happened very very soon into the uh, into the reading of it. But uh, in particular, there is the scene, the uh, the boardroom scene that I that, uh, that I mentioned to you, and like my kind of like sort of prep questions here, uh, where everyone uh, talks about the genesis of Utopia. And for for those of you uh, y'all like not in the know here about uh, about Drew's book. Uh, Utopia, uh, spelled uh, E-U-T-O-P-I-A, Utopia, uh, is this invented man-made city, this Las Vegas of the near future that is driven entirely by social media. Uh, and there is this wonderfully just like cynical and cold-hearted uh, uh, cold and incredibly funny uh, board meeting in your book uh, where everyone uh, comes up with the idea for this city. And uh, just for me, like for everyone here who's listening, and also just for me in uh, just an absolute slack-jawed awe of your talent, if you could uh, talk with us uh, about that boardroom scene and how it came to be, where it may have come from in your own personal experience, just like, like walk us through like the kind of magic of, uh, of writing that scene. Okay, yeah, thank you. So the, the thing is with the... In any novel, there's a, there's a point, especially when you're world building, if it's science fiction, there's exposition. It's really tough to do and, and do it in a way that engages people. So I really took it upon myself. I, I took it as a challenge. I wanted to make this, this chapter in particular as engaging as possible. Um, it is a boardroom. Uh, it actually takes place a few years before the story in the novel takes place. But... It's important because it shows how people came up with the idea for the city itself. And, and he mentioned the city's called Utopia. Um, my idea for it, before I get to the boardroom scene, was I, I was kind of obsessed with these Chinese fake cities that were popping up all over. There's like a fake Paris. There's like a fake London. There's huh. duplicature all over China. And I wanted to write a book about Paris, because I had left Paris, and I wanted to do something that was inspired by Paris, but also science fiction. And then when I was driving cross-country in 2014, I landed in Las Vegas, and I realized <laughs> that we'd been doing it for much longer. <laughs> and that turned into utopia. That turned not just from Paris, it turned into Rome, Barcelona, and London. And how does that come together without it just being a copy of Las Vegas and make it Vegas 2.0 in the near future. I've been working in advertising agencies. I, I've been doing digital marketing. I've been working with influencers, a lot of social media, hmm. uh, ad tech. So meeting a lot of these account executives, I realized very quickly that there's something shady going on in the world of social media <laughs> and digital marketing. And I'd been in a lot of meetings, these boardroom meetings. So in an agency world, it's, it's quite neurotic and contentious. And in these boardroom meetings, there's a lot of that kind of like, like this. You feel like you're wearing lead boots <laughs> in a boardroom meeting. You really just you want to burst out and say something. But everybody kind of has that inside them. So I wanted to bring that tension to life in the meeting. Uh, there's a lot of inside jokes for anybody that's been in an agency. Um, things not working. Uh, overhead projectors not working <laughs> or whatever, a lot of stuff like that. And that texting behind the scenes where you have uh, people like making snipes about each other. But another thing about that, and I think that's kind of a, a, a theme that goes throughout my book, is it's the distance that people have between the work they do and then the real life ramifications of it. Yeah. 
it's you're you're doing tons of stuff on social you're pushing out ads you're trying to get awareness whatever you're trying to drive people towards a certain purpose uh, but at the end of the day these people are just texting and thinking about what they're gonna eat for lunch and this next spa treatment they're gonna have so right uh, there's a little bit of all of that in there and I tried I, I'm glad you liked that because for me that was a challenging chapter really yeah uh, it yeah. it uh, it did not read that way at all um, that's that uh, uh, that's really awesome and like I loved how you merged um, those kinds of sensibilities with uh, the far more uh, pulpy and hard-boiled sensibilities of the book uh, which is also really cool um, and uh, uh, can you like? Can you talk to us about? Uh, we were actually we were getting drinks before, um, and you were telling us about uh, like what a big influence that that writers like Mickey Spillane uh, and Jim Thompson. Like, oh, sidebar: I love that you're into Jim Thompson. I love Big Jim Thompson. He is the best. Um, and, and and Ross McDonald uh, and all those guys. Can you talk with us about the influence uh, that hardboiled fiction had on this book as well? Yeah, I grew up reading that stuff. I I I just loved Jim Thompson when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, Mickey Spillane. Dashiell Hammett, Raymond Chandler, big LA guy. Uh, these things were extremely influential to me. And yeah. when I first started writing, I I wrote this column in, in Spain as a private detective. I wrote under a pseudonym. <laughs> uh, it was kind of tongue in cheek, so it was more about uh, the comedy and just playing with the tropes of, of the hard-boiled genre. Right. Uh, but very much influenced with the pacing it's just kind of the muscular nature of the writing. It's very tight. It's very efficient. I, I just admire that a lot. And I like the amor amorality of the characters. Yeah. Um, I, it's something that probably translated into my novel here. Uh, people are looking for uh, a, a moral ending to it. They're not <laughs> going to find it. Uh, but I just don't think we have that, especially in the world I was working in, in, yeah, in agencies and yeah. advertising. I feel like you're very mercenary. Um, you'll, you'll take what you can get. That's kind of like a private detective. Yeah. Like whoever's going to hire them, give them the retainer, they're going to go out there and do the job. And I felt like that's the kind of character that kind of, I kind of saw a little bit of myself in it. Um, I, I would okay. say you, you look at the characters in the book, there is a little bit of me in each of the characters. There's no one character that is me. But I think that does reflect the, the world we live in. Yeah. And um, just the, the gray area. It's all gray right now. Yeah. You know? Uh, that is very well said, and I know I'm supposed to ask you questions, but I keep uh, giving you compliments. Uh, but there, uh, but there is a real, uh, just like uh, spare elegance and uh, and beauty to to the prose of hard-boiled fiction. You know, like uh, like you think of Mickey Splane as just like this, you know, kind of tough guy, but then you go and you read his prose, and it's just it's just beautiful. Like it's just soaring. And uh, I think your prose compares very favorably to the likes of Mickey Splane and Jim Thompson and 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 Dashiell Hammett and all those guys. You know. Um, I'm sorry, that's not a question Thank there. You. No, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm literally yeah, like the gushing fanboy in a in a bad Q and A up here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I I don't know. My style probably doesn't reflect that much, but I think the 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 intention and drive behind it. Yeah. Does. yeah. I do look for that pacing. Um, I I'm sure I expand more than them. I, yeah. I'm going off a lot. They would never put a boardroom seating. A meeting in one of their, in one of their <laughs> probably books. not. I like those tangents because they explore characters, but I do like the, the sense of suspense that they have, especially those. It's just that page turning quality. Like you're watching a thriller on yeah. TV, or you're reading a book like that. You, you, I like to leave a hook for someone. Yeah. Who want to continue. What um uh so like the. 
like the setting for this book, it is so it, it is so near future, uh, and like I'm talking like five, ten years down the road, which is a really like that is a really hard note to hit. Like um, uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop is like one of my it's one of my favorite movies, period. Mm -hmm. But it's one of my favorite movies that hits that near future sweet spot, mm -hmm. and and you hit that so easily. Um, uh, and, uh, and so effortlessly and I'll, and, and like, can you like, you know, just talk to us about like what, oh God, this probably like a long list of like shenanigans from like the modern day. Uh, but like, can you talk with us about like what from like the modern era, uh, um, like from the world of influencers or social media, yeah. uh, like contributed to like the near future, uh, atmosphere of your book? Uh, yeah. So I, I actually finished this book in late 2016. I had started writing it earlier and. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned, I, I was driving cross country, I was in Vegas, and that, that kind of gave me the idea for it. But when I was in Vegas, um, with this kind of story in my back pocket, I was thinking, I, I do want to do this this fake near future city. But there were like these uh, pictures of Britney Spears everywhere, mm. like all over Vegas. Like her face was just plastered over everything. And I that gave me the idea for um, Aurora. She's one of the main characters in the book. Great and character. She's... She's an influencer. I didn't even know what an influencer was before I came to L.A. I had, I had, I had no idea what, what that term even meant. And I'm so sorry. You had yeah, to learn I the definition. Didn't, I yeah. didn't know. But I knew when I saw her, I was like, that's, that's my inspiration right there. Not physically, but like just that iconography, that just presence everywhere. And just that, that kind of that just dominance over a city. And then I... Did land in some agencies, uh, being that it's it's LA, it's it's media driven. So I was, I got, I was doing like Telemundo campaigns and mm. and whatnot. But I started meeting with all these agencies that manage influencers, and that's how I learned about influencers. But they were like, oh yeah, do you know so and so PewDiePie, and uh, you know we manage all these people. And I was like, I was like, who is that? I don't, like, I, I don't know, because I wasn't <laughs> yeah. really a YouTuber. I, I'm sure I'd been exposed to them, so I started looking into them. And then one thing that really cinched it for me, I was, I was with these account executives, and what they do, they kind of wine and dine you, and they want you to buy media. You know, and these are very expensive media buys. Um, out at a bar, and he was just pointing out all the influencers that were around us in the bar. Wow. And I was like, okay, this is a thing now. Like, <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is kind of a thing. And the more I looked into it, I just felt like, okay, that's interesting. I feel like that... That, the, like, just from my own daughter, like, and I know what she, she watches on, on YouTube, and she does follow, like, influencers, mm. that this is going to be, maybe, and if I just, like, in my paranoid mind, and just, if I just turn it up to 11, this might be the thing that everybody starts following in the future. Maybe yeah. the, the, the celebrities that we're, we're used to, um, that are kind of built up by the system, that um, are manufactured, not unlike a lot of, I mean, it's, it's kind of all related, but... Now the, you have these kids coming out here that are doing the influencer thing. They're, they're trying to launch their own thing. And I just felt like that was the future we were going towards. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny. My knowledge of influencers, uh, God help me, uh, it, it kind of rose in concert with reading your book, where I, uh, I was certainly aware of the fact that there were people on social media who had a background in, like a, in certain fields or whatever, like movie stars and whatnot, who had great influence on, the, on social media platforms. But then... And I'm plucking this name entirely from the ether here, uh, but but Logan Paul is a good mm, example of a yeah. guy who's who's sort of like raised on Detra is just he, he just is an influencer. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure he does other things, but like he just makes funny YouTube videos and that's what he does. And when I was reading your book, there there was a time, and I'm 
I'm, I'm sort of laying bare my kind of like old manness here where I was just like, what, what is an influencer? Like, what the hell is Drew talking about? But then when I saw someone like Logan Paul, I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Um, and like, you just, like, you integrated that kind of, like, character type, this sort of, like, this new personality type that we have, like, in our society, like, so, like, so beautifully. And, like, you mentioned Britney Spears as, like, one of the kind of, uh, like, kind of, um, sort of, uh, like, seeds for Aurora. Like, were there any others that went into her? No, not really. Yeah. I think I just, I just started building, I, I, in my writing process, I kind of have an idea for a character, and I have, I have Evernote, and I just started jotting down what I think her psychological profile would be. Okay. I, just, I did want a transhuman element, so she's partly cybernetic. Which is super um, rad, yeah. There's, uh, man, bits and pieces of a lot of different people. To okay. Be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just something I saw around me. When I was like looking at, when I started diving into this world, I, I, I wanted to empathize with her and see where she was coming, up, coming from. And not just make it uh, just, snarky and like which is somewhat easy to do I think especially given the news that's coming out uh, I just wanted people to see where she's coming from yeah. and what I did notice in the advertising world is like you're always targeting uh, demographics and there's a real fetish with like younger audiences right prime audience being like 18 to 24 or up to 35 she's hitting the end of her life cycle of relevance and I just w I wanted that to be another theme in the book yeah yeah um, that, uh, that came through so well, like that theme of, of just rapid aging, you know what I mean? Like there's so many books about people who are like in their sixties or seventies and they're like, uh, and they think, oh, I feel old, but like in, uh, in yours and just today, like how old is Aurora? Like maybe in her like mid, like like mid thirties, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And she, and she feels old and that's an incredibly powerful theme that you explored in that. Um, God, that's awesome. Well, you made a, a tactical blunder by talking about your, your creative process, so I want to hear about your creative process. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell, like, like you mentioned Evernote, and yeah. I would love to hear about like, just what kind of like, uh, planning or outlining, uh, uh, outlining, if any, that goes into, uh, into, into planning out your books. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I do, it, I'd be remiss if I didn't really mention one other thing that, that led up to oh, please. Yeah, yeah. the creation of that, because um, this finished in 2016, but so much stuff has happened since then. Cambridge Analytica, the Fire Festival, <laughs> uh, there was this great New York Times article about th this follower factory. So there's a honeymoon that's ended, I think. And that, that happened in 2017. Uh, Google drops its slogan, don't be evil. Mm. Facebook no longer says they move fast and break things. They're trying to be adults but they're also controlled by, by shareholders and right. they, they're trying to bring in money. So I feel like we've passed the threshold and uh, I'm just happy my book came out now because <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much science fiction anymore, to be honest. Uh, I hear you. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the creative process is that, honestly. I just, I look around me. I, I, I'm at work. Uh, for me, it's always been a challenge to like, translate something that I find extremely mundane and an analytical into something that, that could be entertaining. And I felt that's what I was doing. I'm looking at like dashboards and all this stuff and how, how can I turn that into an engaging story? Yeah. So I always, I like those challenges. And so that's, that's one thing I delved into. I, I ingested things at work. Uh, I was always taking notes. I kind of an outliner, uh, halfway in writing, there's this, 
I don't know what they're called, an outliner and a, pan, a pantser? A pantser, Okay, yeah. and a, a pantser is someone who's just like wings it. It's like a Jack Kerouac. Yeah, Stephen King is a famous pantser, yeah. has a scroll of paper and is just writing out a whole <laughs> novel. Um, maybe, I'm, I think I'm somewhere in between. I, I have to have, uh, I always have an ending in mind. I have my characters, I need to really envision them. So I, I just sit with them for a while, I outline them, I... Like uh, there's one another character in the book. She's she's an executive who's kind of like on this offshore island, watching things from a distance. And I I looked at some media executives uh, in the world. Mm. I, I took inspiration from them, uh, just seeing like, you know, psychological moments in their life where they might have broken down, and how I can incorporate some of those things into my book. Nice. Um, yeah, and then the outline, it, it, it's an evolving thing. I, as I'm writing, it, it does change all the time, but I, I do kind of have a, um, some signposts there that help me complete the process. Nice, nice. And uh, so are, are, are there any plans for more uh, books in this universe, uh, if not sequels, and like, like just like exploring other like aspects of it or anything, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I felt like... I, I felt like I touched on something in, in the book where, like, I, I didn't want to leave it, honestly, at the end. And there's, uh, I don't know how many characters, four or five characters in the book, and I feel like I can expand on them. Yeah. Uh, I can leave some behind. They might come back at a later point, but I, with the things that are happening in the news, uh, I've been both distracted, uh, disturbed, and... Uh, inspired. Uh, I already have my, my next book, and then I have a, a book after that I already have kind of planned out. But um, with, with Epstein and some of that, those shenanigans and um, this transhumanism that's going on, I see, mm. I see like these tech executives are kind of trying to move offshore. They're building these fortresses and bunkers and stuff. Um, a lot of that was already in my next book, yeah. but I think I'm going to ramp it up. It's going to be like way crazier than this one. So, well, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to make you feel jealous, but Drew yeah. has told me about some of his future ideas, and they're awesome, and they're going to make such great books. Um, well, um, if you want to, uh, if th if there are no questions from the audience, we can do a quick signing. Or Drew, is there anything else you wanted to offer? Or no, I, I'm yeah. really pleased to see everybody out. Yeah, Amazing. thank you, th thank you all for coming uh, out. Yeah, this is like, really cool. What a treat. Yeah, oh, please. Yeah.
yeah, there's, you know, um, recently Elon Musk said something really interesting to me when he, he launched, I don't know if you know, he, he launched a Tesla in the space, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? So, <laughs> but he said, because people were complaining about it, and he said this thing that I thought was really cool. Um, uh, it has to be real because it looks so fake. And mm. I think we're living in that world right now. I think that, especially in advertising, and you get, you get social media just amps everything up on steroids, is that it's that presentation. You can cultivate your life, uh, and you can present yourself any way you want on social media. And I think maybe people bought into it before, but I think we're all kind of playing the game now. <laughs> we know it's fake, right? But we're all kind of engaging, and it's who can do it better. Or like you have Logan Paul, like he, like what's he, he? I have to turn it up by burning a mattress in my backyard and <laughs> doing wheelies and jumping on news trucks. You know, he's doing crazy stuff. So um, that's that was one theme that was in the book, and that, that's also what I saw in, in advertising or social media in general. Is that uh, if you you know the there's a saying in, in media and advertising, if it bleeds, it leads. And those were network executives in newspapers, so they're gonna put something that's salacious and crazy on the front page because that's gonna sell more copies. Right. And I feel like um, now, since we all kind of have our own channels, we're all our own little mini media organizations. Uh, if we want to play the game, the engagement game, the view game, I'm gonna get more pre-roll, more ad revenue, you kind of have to do that. You, yeah. And that's why you see these crazies, right? There's the crazy stuff on YouTube because um, people are playing into the system. It's the, it's, the, it's the entire model of digital advertising. Yeah. The engagement rate. And I think that's um, writ large now just because it's so pervasive. That is very well said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're doomed. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> um, did, uh, do you want to do a reading, or are you good, or what are you I, doing? I, no, I'm not. <laughs> All right. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. I kind of, I, I have some some folks here that take jujitsu with me, and I actually have there's okay. a chapter in the book where there's a little bit of jujitsu in it, and I was. What? You guys, you, guys, you guys can find it. All right. Time. Great. Great. Perfect. I wrote it when perfect. I was a white belt, so I didn't. I, <laughs> I made some mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, yeah. Well, should we move on to like you know to signing? Uh, of course. Break yeah, out the sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. No all right. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Excellent. Um, uh, round of applause for Jim. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So I'm gonna ask for two favors. Number one is uh, please purchase the book first before coming up and, and having it signed. We have plenty behind the red register. And the second favor is, if you were sitting in a chair, if you just, just by flipping up the chair and like leaning it up against this bookshelf here, it'll make this uh, sort of clean this out, go by that One much One thing, faster. actually, I forgot. Um, I, I mentioned I had written another book before. Uh, so underneath, if you check under your chairs, one person might have a post-it and Everybody look. I hope, I, because I mean, yeah. not all the chairs are filled, it's, it's possible that <laughs> it might not be there. So if you find it, if you find a post-it, you'll get a copy of my old book. So, yeah. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. 
Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.